Hello, runners. This is the Rambling Runner Podcast, and I'm your host, Matt Chittum. This is a podcast for all of the dedicated amateur runners who are working hard to get better while tending to the rest of their lives, a lot like me, a lot like our guest today, Matt Kelso. Uh, Matt, we're going to get into it in a second, but before we do, I just want to let everyone know if you want to follow me on Instagram or on Twitter, you can do so at my handle, which is at Matt Chittum. That's M-A-T-T-C-H-I. T-T-I-M. Uh, I say that, but really this podcast isn't about me. It's about the uh, the extraordinary runners, uh, kind of the everyday common runners that we have on the podcast, and today uh, is no different. So today we are joined by Matt Kelso. Matt, thanks for coming on. Hey, absolutely. Happy to be here. So I, got, I found you through Instagram. I feel like a lot of the people who listen to this podcast will probably do so as well. Your Instagram handle is MattRunsATL. And once you know it, the first two people, uh, first two interviews I've done this podcast are both uh, Atlanta people. We got, we got you and before you, Shawana, right, Shawana White. So uh, like I said, thanks for coming on. And, and I saw you on Instagram. Um, and I saw the, uh, first of all, the thing that jumped out at me was just the big goal. So for you, you have it right there in your description that your goal is to qualify for the Boston Marathon. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those uh, goal setting. It's, you know, you're so many more times likely to hit the goal if you write it down. And uh, since I kind of put my Instagram out there for all my running exploits, I figured I'd uh, put it right at the top. No, that's that's great. So I guess we'll start off first thing is why – why the Boston Marathon? Why is that the goal, and why is the marathon distance the one that you're kind of shooting for as the, as like the the end goal? Yeah, so I think uh, the marathon distance. Once I kind of discovered it, um, and almost on accident uh, with that, I kind of really just fell in love with the whole process of putting it out there in one day for. You know, for me, at my pace is for many hours at a time and seeing what I could do. Um, and then as I've kind of gotten more into it and known to the running kind of community over the last couple of years, it's, you know, the one race that you can't just sign up for when it comes to the, you know, a lot of the road marathons. So it's really kind of that goal to see if I can get myself to that level. Right. So what? So going all the way back, for you, when did you start running competitively, you know, kind of an everyday thing? And just what was your athletic background kind of either before you started running or, or as you started getting into it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my athletic background kind of all through high school and into college, uh, played a lot of soccer just growing up uh, doing that type of sport. Um, in college, I actually got into cycling quite heavily and started uh, working in bike shops and got really into the bicycle racing scene um, and all that kind of stuff. And then graduated college, got a real job, figured out that it was really, really hard to keep that cycling fitness and kind of lifestyle going because it's very time intensive when you're at that kind of competitive level where you're putting in hours and hours and hours on the bike uh, every week. Um, so kind of got into running a little bit accidentally. Uh, my wife was always a runner, um, and so just started kind of running with her a little bit and uh, that type of thing. Um, and then as far as kind of the competitive side of it, I think it starts like uh, most good competitions with a bunch of people at a bar deciding what they can do. <laughs> <laughs> 
Interesting. So, so you're right. The, the time constraints when it comes to cycling, I think people who don't get into it, I know I had a short foray into cycling when I was in college as well as an, as an off-season um, an off season sport for me. And it is amazing. You go on these long rides. You're out there for hours. And that's just when you're on the bike. It has nothing to do with just the recovery. And I've never had to recover from a run like I, do, like I did for a, a bike ride. So I feel like you can just take up your whole day. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, um, yeah, you start to do long training rides and you're out there three, four, five hours at a time. And a short bike ride for me was an hour and a half or so. So when you start trying to fit that into a work week schedule and, you know, you run into problems like daylight and weather and that, you know, that type of stuff, it gets really, really difficult. And really for me, it's kind of that type A OCD athlete. Um, it was frustrating, quite frankly, because you get used to your body can do certain things and you kind of get a level of fitness and then it just is not there anymore. So you start looking for uh, kind of other outlets, I suppose. So did you get into cycling because of kind of the Lance Armstrong phase of, you know, the Tour de you know, when he was kind of hit on the high for uh, the Tour de France? Or what pulled you in? Because it seems like getting into it in college is, is a surprising time just because it doesn't seem like a typical college activity. Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, like a lot of my sporting activities, kind of a total random decision. I was going to college and decided when you go to college, you should have a bicycle that you could ride around campus. And uh, one of my high school friends happened to work at a bike shop, so went there and bought a mountain bike because it seemed like the most utilitarian thing to get around and got to college and then started riding my mountain bike and then bumped into a couple people and they rode their mountain bike fast and on trails, and then turns out there was a club. And so that's how I kind of got sucked into it. And then from there, if you're a mountain biker and then you want to get serious, I put serious in quotes about your racing, then you need a road bike because you can't mountain bike all the time. So I just kind of dove right on down that rabbit hole. <laughs> God, all right. So then so you transition to running, and your, your girlfriend's into running. She kind of pulls you along a little bit. You're starting to get into it. Did you feel like your fitness transitioned into the running pretty quick, or how long did it take you to feel like you were kind of belonged as a runner once you once you got started? Gosh, uh, great question. So the fitness, I think, didn't transition entirely in terms of the physical aspect. I think it really was more from a mental aspect, which is why I think I ended up gravitating towards the marathon, but... I still tell anybody that, you know, I work with that asks me about running or just casual friends, I was like, I fully hated running for most of my life. And <laughs> it was, it's probably the worst activity when you start it in terms of you wake up every day and you're hurting in muscles that you didn't know existed and all that kind of fun stuff. But it was having the kind of the group of friends and, you know, we had decided we'd picked a half marathon that we were going to run because we figured we could all at least run a half marathon. Um, and so really just having that first goal was really the thing that I think kind of threw me into it kind of headlong and knowing that I had to get to that distance and, you know, putting in the training miles and look up a training plan and that type of stuff. And I kind of thrive off that, you know, planning and structure. Interesting. All right. So that brings up two two questions for you. Um, so first of all, what part of the mental 
aspect of running are you referring to that you feel like the cycling transition helps you with? I think it's the ability just to check out when you're really starting to suffer and being okay with suffering for a long time. You know, when you're in a road race or you're out on a training ride, you're out there for 60, 70, 80 miles. So you have a long time to think about what's happening. So when I started getting into running and it's you're going on a quote-unquote long run, I could always wrap my head around the fact that this is going to be over in an hour and a half or two hours. And from a mental standpoint, that wasn't that long. So I think that kind of helps me push through in terms of, you know, tackling the long runs that started to come when I jumped up to trying to do a marathon. Right. That's such a good point. I really appreciate you bringing that up because I had a similar experience when I started getting into the marathon as well. I played college basketball, and when I went on some of my some of my like first 15 to 16-mile runs, you know, knowing that I was going to be out on the road for, you know, roughly two hours or so, at first it was daunting because I compared it to, you know, my typical five-mile runs to say, oh, geez, Louise, I mean, I could be three times as long, maybe even a little bit longer than that. And in that sense, it seemed like a lot. But then I hearkened back to my basketball days, and I was like, wait, hold on. I used to practice two hours a day, six days a week. Like, this isn't, you know, that was, and that was, you know, in, you know, the definition of, you know, interval training and, you know, you know, you know really running hard and, and uh, you know, running and jumping and all that stuff. And I put it in that context, I'm like, wait, I should be able to run for two hours. Like, I'm not saying I won't be sore afterwards, but come on now. I got to suck it up. <laughs> so it's interesting yeah. that you had a, a similar type experience. Yeah, it's all about that time blocking in your head. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right in terms of, you know, being able to, to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Not that you phrased it that way, but being kind of being able to, to linger in that area. And I know as a cyclist, you know, in my my short time doing it, you know, whether it's the lower back pain or just the, the static nature of your of the way you just sit in the saddle. Like it definitely if you can get if you can get used to being uncomfortable on the bike, I feel like running is no problem. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so, so so the second question I want to bring up that you just um, kind of in response to what you just said was, you're, so you get into to running, and the, the distance that you tackled first was a half marathon, which is not the typical distance for someone kind of getting into competition for a runner. I would say the 5K distance or maybe a five-miler is kind of more true to form. So what pulled you into that? Was it just a simple of simple as kind of going along with your friends or was there a little money exchanging hands? Was there a little bet going on or what pulled you into the half marathon start? Yeah, it was just, uh, our friend had kind of picked this race that he wanted to do. Um, and we were like, yep, we can do it. And I've been kind of running a little bit, just, you know, casually and socially along with, you know, a couple of people just kind of getting in shape and staying active. And so we decided that, Hey, we'll do this half marathon. And I'd probably maybe run a handful of 10Ks or 5Ks in my life ever, and certainly with not any of them being a serious runner at all. So, yeah, just ended up kind of diving right into, hey, I need to run 13.1 miles. <laughs> so how so for that race, what was your time? Uh, it was right about 150, um, just over 150, I think, was that first half time. Got it. So a solid run, but obviously not close to where you are now as a runner. Yeah, so, where, so oh. that was kind of that benchmark, and I 
it's one of those things when I jumped into that, I had literally no idea if that was a good time, bad time, fast, slow. I just knew that's how fast I ran it. <laughs> so how far, how long ago was that? Uh, that was November 2014. Okay. Got it. So that was about, I'm trying, now I'm trying to do the math in my head, about three and a half years ago. So what has transpired from that date till now where you're, you know, really trying to get to that, that BQ, that Boston qualifying time and what PRs are currently on the, uh, currently on your running resume? Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of did the next craziest thing pretty much right after I finished that half marathon. And I decided that somehow that wasn't that bad and I guess I can do a marathon. And so pretty much immediately <laughs> registered for the Atlanta marathon, which was the following March. So that what three, four months later, I ran my first marathon um, and did that probably just over four hours um, and just got totally crushed. Um, again, I was like, had no idea. I was like, well, if I, you know, run a half marathon and like a 150, I, I'm sure I could run a marathon in, you know, three and a half hours or whatever because I'm terrible at math. So um, just <laughs> dove right into it and just got crushed by the Atlanta Hills. <laughs> right. So do you, in retrospect, do you feel like you would have changed how you prepared for that race or was that just one of those things where, you know, we, we've all done it, everyone who's run a marathon, is you have to experience it once and you kind of learn from your learn from your mistakes. Yeah, I think with that one, I absolutely would have not done it any differently. It's, you know, I just kind of dove right in and had no idea what to expect and really in terms of how the race would unfold, still had no idea about pacing strategies or just any of the stuff that now seems kind of second nature and more common now that I've kind of been in the running community for a while and, you know, talked with other runners and, you know, hanging out with some coaches and stuff like that. So I think that first one, you just got to take the plunge and sign up and go do it. And then my mind just apparently does not work correctly. So as soon as I finished Atlanta and I said, wow, that was terrible and hurt and all the things, I signed up for the San Francisco Marathon because I somehow thought that would not be as bad. <laughs> And then just so do you do you, do you do you do you travel to the West Coast for for work or anything or why did so you you obviously live down in Atlanta you live in the Georgia area so what made you want to go across the country for your next marathon after just getting absolutely humbled the first time around? Yeah, it was literally the point of that really sucked. It just totally wrecked me. I want redemption. And when you start looking at marathon calendars, there's really no marathons in the middle of the year in large part, certainly not in the South because it's just insane. And, again, I really wasn't thinking all the way through that maybe there's a reason there's not a lot of marathons in the middle of the year. And I found a marathon in San Francisco. It, it was, like, in May. I was like, oh, well, I can I can do that one. It's, you know, a couple months down the road. So, it was literally because it was there. <laughs> all right. All right. So that's obviously three years ago from today. So since that time, since that marathon, what what was the, the moment where it went from this is interesting and I'm just kind of going along, 
you know, it wasn't like a revolution in terms of your necessarily like a revolution in terms of your mindset in terms of, all right, now I am a runner. It seems like you've kind of evolved over time. So when did you go from, I'm just doing these things somewhat spontaneously, but just going with the flow to, hey, I am now kind of dedicating an aspect of my life to this over multiple years. Yeah, um, I think I was probably the last person to realize it. Um, I just would kind of go from one race to the next and always knew that I wanted to get better and I wanted to get faster. Um, and, hey, if I do this next race in a couple months, then I maybe try to tweak a couple things with my training. And now I'm going to hop on the Internet and start, you know, Googling training marathon training plans, like the 16-week plan, because apparently 16 weeks is every marathon training plan. And just started researching it and seeing – you know, this message group or, you know, this thread on, you know, whatever website and then kind of like, oh, well, if I want to get to that speed, I probably need to be doing this many miles a week. So, well, I'm going to run that many miles a week, so I'll need to get up in the morning and do it. So I just honestly just kind of very naturally kind of just evolved into this is where I want to get in terms of my goals what and it just happened to be kind of this running goal that I was focused on, so everything else just kind of started lining up behind it, I guess. So where are you now in terms of your training, and what does your race calendar look like for the summer and the uh, in the fall? Yep. So um, right now I just am kind of coming off of a little bit more speed work. Um, finished doing the. Peachtree Road Race here um, in Atlanta every 4th of July. Um, and so now kind of getting dialed in on the fall marathon. And right now I'm just flipping back and forth. More than likely it's going to be Chickamauga, which is um, in north, kind of upper north Atlanta, north Georgia area around the battlefield. Um, that's a pretty just somewhat convenient uh, location and time of year is that second week in November kind of time slot. Um, it's back and forth between that one and Charlotte, uh, which is the same uh, weekend, which coincidentally today puts me right at the beginning of a 16-week buildup for that. I would love to say that we planned the recording of this podcast to fall on that day, but I'm not smart enough to make that work. But <laughs> that, That's pretty interesting. Um, so, are you looking at either of those marathons as one that could be a Boston qual a Boston Marathon qualifier for you, or what's the timeline for trying to reach that goal if you have one? Yeah, great question. So that's the one I'm currently kind of challenging myself in my head a little bit with. Um, for my age group, my Boston qualifying time is a 310. Uh, and how so, old are you? Uh, 36. Got it. All right. So am I. All right. So I know exactly what you're going through. <laughs> yeah. So I got to run that 310. Um, history over the last couple of years uh, says I need to go a couple minutes faster than that um, if I actually want to get in. Uh, and my current marathon PR is right at a 330. So it'd be, a, you know, roughly, you know, easy math if I – ran an extra minute a mile faster, I'd be right where I want to be. But now that I kind of know what I'm doing, that's a scary number. 
Yeah. So what is so what's the plan to try to to make that happen? Is there certain certain things that you feel like you need to work on? Certain areas of running, whether it's speed work or the long run, or what are the uh, what's the best kind of the, the best way to get that get that done? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you know, I've been fortunate enough recently. Um, I've kind of started running with a really great run group uh, here in Atlanta. So for especially my first few early marathons, I was just kind of out stumbling around by myself for most of it. Um, but now I've been able to link up with a good group. Um, so it makes the long run experience certainly a lot easier when you got five, six or 10 people out there kind of hammering away for different segments of a run. Um, and then also uh, starting to just work with an outside uh, coach um, here at a train ATL just to kind of bring in a little bit more structure, a little bit of outside perspective. Um, and in terms of the specifics, uh, for me, I think it's a speed work focus, those tempo run focuses, because um, I know the long run I can slog out, but it's kind of the old adage, if you want to run faster, you need to run faster. <laughs> that makes sense to me, <laughs> for sure. And obviously the problem is, especially with people, um, it kind of depends on the, the, the makeup of your uh, your athletic background. You know, I was someone who was very intensive in kind of the short sprint type sports, so I would be able to run track workouts with people who were, you know, Boston Boston Marathon qualifying marathoners or even faster than that. I'd be able to keep up with them and anything kind of short shorter of uh, you know 1,200 meters or so on the track. However, my long runs were like the exact opposite. You know, I was doing my long runs with people who were, you know, trying to break four hours. So for you, where do you kind of fall in that spectrum when you, especially when you're running with a with a group? Do you have a certain a certain way that you orientate your long runs versus your shorter runs? Yeah. So for the long runs, I've been trying to gradually just kind of up the pace that I'm comfortable with over that distance. So, you know, now um, for the last few months over the summer you know, I'm getting down to where that long run pace with the group is, you know, under eight minutes now. So we might go out and do 14, 16 miles and average 745 or so. So I feel like I'm getting closer being that that long run pace, which isn't totally wrecking me, is only 45 seconds a minute or so off of what I need to run for a race day marathon pace. So um, from that metric, uh, you know, I certainly feel a little bit better about uh, that Boston shot. Um, and then just adding in the speed work um, to get the muscles firing, to, you know, get the body to understand, you know, how it feels to go fast so that when you're at marathon pace and you actually need that to feel kind of slow, um, I think, again, from a mental standpoint, getting that pace to feel slower um, is a big, big key for me. Mm-hmm. So what workouts have you noticed are the best ones for you to try to make that happen? Yep. I love, um, I'm a sucker for um, the tempo blocks, um, hitting uh, two, three miles uh, by two or three reps um, at a good, you know, half marathon, slightly faster pace. Um, because, again, with the marathon distance, everything kind of favors being able to, you know, do those longer repeats. So I love that good, you know, two, three-mile mile stretch, you know, take a couple minutes recovery, do it again. Um, that's one of my favorite workouts. And then uh, 
I really like a, doing a 4, 8, 12 uh, ladder on the track. Um, track workouts I, I'm pretty new to, actually. I never really did any track work probably for the first couple years I was running. It was either just long run pace or tempo pace. So getting onto the track and actually starting to crank out some 400s and 800s um, at kind of that speed has been um, a big change. So I think that's definitely helped um, just the overall running uh, fitness for sure. And anyone who's followed you on Instagram or if anyone does so after listening to this, one of the things they'll notice pretty early on is that you have a bunch of tattoos and some very interesting ones as well. So can you give us a little background on any of that? Uh, sure. I've kind of always had a love for tattoos and that type of thing. So I've um, been getting tattooed now for probably the better part of 12, 13 years or so. Um, so just kind of amassed a pretty decent collection of uh, artwork. Um, I have one tattoo artist here in Atlanta that basically does everything for me, and it usually stems from having an idea of a style I like or, you know, maybe a certain kind of story or something that's going on in my life at the moment, and I'll get with him and let him kind of run with it, and it usually turns out uh, better than I would have ever thought. <laughs> Well, that's good. You, it's, it's better that way than the opposite, I assume. Absolutely, yeah. you you got to always have that little, I guess, risk in the back of your head where I'm not really sure where this is going, but uh, he always pulls it out. That's nice. All right, so we're going to finish this up with, uh, like, any like any good run. We're going to finish it up with some strides. So I'm going to give you some quick questions. Um, there doesn't necessarily have to be some quick answers, but we'll just fire these out at you, and whatever uh, whatever is the top of mind, I'd love to hear it. So, when you're going out for your run, are you with or without headphones? With, if I'm running by myself. Uh, without, if I'm running with the group. All right, so what are you listening to if you got them in? Usually it's a pretty solid stream of 90s punk music. A lot of Blink-182, a lot of Green Day. Um, I'm a 90s punk kid. All right, all right, all right. So what time of day is your run? I'm usually out the door and running between 5.30 and 5.45. I like to get up, get it over with, and have that you know, already checked off of my day. Mm-hmm. All right, so are you a rotate-your-shoes kind of person or stick with one pair until you've exhausted it? I rotate my shoes pretty much every day. <laughs> oh, how many shoes you got in rotation, and what are some of those? Uh, yeah, I probably have about four or five different pairs in rotation right now. Um, I have the Salcony Kinvara is kind of what my favorite everyday trainer. Um, I like the Adidas Boston uh, for more of my tempo work. I got a pair of Hoka's that I'll throw in there just for the super slow kind of jogging around days. Um, got another pair of Adidas trainers that I'll use just kind of for some mid mileage. So, yeah, I've become a big believer that different shoes for different days and different workouts um, helps keep the injuries at bay. <laughs> All right. So if you're going out for your long run, what's your favorite post-long run meal? And if you're going out, where are you going? Oh, so the post-long run uh, Sunday breakfast has become uh, quite a tradition with our uh, 
morning group. Uh, so I think right now the top of the list is a place called Oi that's not far from uh, where we uh, run up on the weekends, and they have pancakes that are literally bigger than a plate. So they, you can have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, that I'm I'm just getting hungry listening to that. I want I want yeah. one of these plate sized pancakes. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It really is. All right. So, what is your favorite race? Not necessarily, but it, it can be this. So, not necessarily your best performance, but your favorite race that you've run. Oh, my favorite race. I gotta say, one of my probably my favorite race, just because it's such a fun time every year, is the. Helen Holiday Half Marathon, which I've run for the last couple of years. It's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Um, it's up in Helen, which is up in the mountains, so just about maybe a two-hour drive from Atlanta. Great time to be out in the woods and the trails uh, running off some Thanksgiving dinner. Um, that's just always a great, great race. So, all right, so and I, now I have to ask. All right, so you're running that Saturday after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, obviously, is on Thursday. So are you running on Friday, or are you just trying to recuperate? Yeah, so my my Thanksgiving for the past couple of years has been uh, pretty intense because in Atlanta we also have a half marathon Thanksgiving morning. So I've run that the past few years so I can make plenty of room for Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, Friday is usually just a light shakeout and some stretching, and then Saturday run the half marathon up in Helen. So I've done that routine for the last couple of years. Maddie, you are a beast. That is one heck of a Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, it help, helps uh, give me all the excuses to eat a couple more pieces of pie. Well, I've seen you on Instagram. I think you have enough reasons already. I think you don't have to worry about it. But I will say this. If you're doing a November marathon on top of that, and God help the people who are preparing your dinner because you'll probably eat all the food and the table as well. That is the plan, absolutely. <laughs> well, hey, I really appreciate you doing this. If someone wants to follow you on social media, where can they find you? Yep, everything running related is on my Instagram at MattRunsATL. All right, and that's Matt with two T's. That's fantastic. Hey, good luck with your upcoming 16-week training block, and we'll be uh, following you, and I hope that everything that you're hoping for comes to fruition. Hey, thanks so much. It was great getting to chat with you. You too, Matty. Thanks for everything. All right, bye-bye.